Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. Ella Stockdale is an HR specialist and owner of Humanity HR. She says that networking is all about the connections, but also a great way to try out new venues. This episode is being sponsored by Magic Mind, a supplement that keeps you focused and energised throughout your working day. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today, Ella. Thanks for having me, Liz. Now, you're an HR specialist, but that's not what you've always worked in. Tell me about your background. Absolutely. No, it's not what I've always worked in. My um, my career has been quite a journey, really. Um, I started off in the mortgage and banking industry in America, which was an unbelievable introduction into business, efficiency, people, and really how to um, achieve at a high level. I, I saw through the um, mortgage industry in America, um, some of the very best and some of the very worst when it comes to um, how to get productivity out of people and and efficiency. So it was it was quite an interesting starting point. But I eventually knew that my career wanted to have more purpose to it. I wanted to actually help people, mm-hmm. um, and I felt increasingly that the mortgage industry was at that time doing a lot of harm and had a lot of work to do Mm. um and so i decided to leave the industry in 2009 and that's when i started um working um for a charity doing um advising and that's what put me into the world of employment was employment Mm. advising and at what point did you decide to make that jump into hr and the jump to become self-employed Yes, it's it's quite a um, a big jump, and it's quite uh, a difficult one, I think, for um, most people to um, grapple with. I was becoming increasingly frustrated that I was the person who was having to um, implement decision making with with the people on the ground. Um, the people that I was working with were incredibly dedicated um hard workers they were doing very difficult work working with incredibly vulnerable people um but i didn't feel like they were getting the support that they needed um and it became increasingly very difficult to be the person who was having to hold them to account for for things um i felt like um the environment that I was working in was causing them more harm than than good. They weren't being supported the way that I felt that they should. Um, so that really started making me think about if I was going to do it my way, how would that mm-hmm. look? So that was the, the, the first thing that I started um, really looking at is that if I wanted to, um, to make a difference, how would I do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, um, I wanted to take all the experience that I had learned about how um, employers ended up in conflict and in employment tribunals and in situations that were difficult to resolve. And I started to think to myself, well, how do I get in front of that? How do I really um, almost enter this more upstream from the conflict um, to try and have healthier 
and conflict resolution and um, more um, supportive environments for employees. Hmm. Now, you started in early 2020, didn't you? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. My my timing is immaculate. Um, Like like everybody, the, the, the planning to go on my own took quite a long time. Mm. It was about um, a five, six month lead up before um, I actually launched my business. And of course, in that that time, um, the, the world changed significantly. And I actually launched my business um, the week after we locked down. Um, but at that point, there was there was no change. I'd already left my career Mm-hmm. Um, and there wasn't really anything for me to do except to jump in. Now, in the early days of of COVID, and I'm not quite sure if you remember, but the the early days of of COVID, there was a lot of uncertainty around employment. Um, people didn't have furlough. They didn't have the schemes that were eventually put in place, and there was a lot of uncertainty about what people could or couldn't do when it came to the workplace. And I view that as a call to action. Just jump Mm. in. Um, Advising was my background. um, And I just accepted that it was a period of uncertainty and I probably wouldn't make money initially, but to just jump in and and help advise and support and navigate businesses through that very, very uncertain time. So that's what I did, both feet. Mm. And do you think that the world of work has has changed as a result of COVID and has it changed what, what you do? It's changed dramatically since COVID, um, and these changes are um, here to stay. I, initially, we all thought that we understood how COVID would would change the workplace, mm. um, and that hasn't really come to fruition. So initially, we thought loads and loads of job losses, a lot of redundancy, um, and and the scale at which those things happened was not what we were expecting. However, what has changed, obviously, the flexibility around working, working from home, hybrid working um, has changed considerably. And more than that, I think cultures, workplace cultures have changed because now people realize that they can have more flexibility, that work is something that fits into the rest of our lives, not something that we shape the rest of our lives around. These changes are permanent. Um, They aren't going anywhere. The discussions around hybrid working, remote working, on-site working still remain. Um, And um, people are really looking for how a role will fit into their life um, more so than things like pay, benefits, entitlements. Mm. Um, it's it's more about the lifestyle. Um, bringing with that, we've got a new uh, generation in the workplace, Gen Z, and that's also changing the dynamics of, of the workplace because now we have four generations in a lot of work environments, mm. which we haven't had before. Um, and Gen Z is very um, impacted by COVID because yeah. that, that, those were fundamental years for them when it comes to um, education um, and their, the early start of, of their careers. So the changes that we're seeing in, in the workplace aren't going anywhere and they need to be adapted to. Hmm. So tell me about some of the services that your business offers. 
Absolutely. So I am a very, very hands-on um, HR uh, advisor. Uh, I like to work with small businesses and find out where, um, where they're at in their employment journey. Sometimes that's very, very early on, and I can help a business get established um, with bringing on their first employee. But oftentimes it's that they've started off with two or three employees in a very small, tight-knit team, and they're looking to grow. Now, the more you grow, the more personalities you add into the mix, the more complicated the workplace becomes. And that's when um, you really need support to make sure that those those processes, those HR decision-making processes are in place. So I help businesses lay their foundations um, for what uh, processes, what systems that they would need in order to treat everybody fairly, make sure that basic entitlements are met, um, and look for um, the direction in which the business wants to move in. So my support is very tailored to the business um, and exactly where it's at. Um, sometimes that's coming in at the point that there's conflict mm -hmm. and helping resolve the conflict in a way that preserves the employment relationship. But then looking at what could we have done to prevent this? You know, are there ways that we could put things in place um, that make it so that it doesn't get to the point of, of conflict? Um, my ultimate goal is for happy teams that are productive and grow. Um, and that allows the business owners to do what they love to do in the business rather than dealing with a lot of um HR and employee issues, which which drains a lot of resources, really drains how people enjoy their business as well. Yeah. And so who are your clients? Um, you mentioned small businesses, but what, what kind of size are small businesses and, and are they any particular sector? Um, the sector is really varied and I love that. Um, I love understanding the different sectors and the different requirements in, in each sector. Um, I work with uh, a lot of workplaces that have um, what I call um, like hybrid workforces, where it could be a combination of full-time employees, maybe more casual employees, and also freelancers and um, subcontractors, because that's um, a big issue in the workplace uh, currently is, um, you know, the definitions around subcontracting and, and freelancing. So how do you make an integrated workplace with diverse roles in it? Um, they tend to be on the smaller side, so less than 10 employees tends to be um, what I work with. Um, but really it's, it's any business that is looking to grow and hasn't factored in how they're going to make those changes um, with employees. Because of my background in the charity sector, I also work with a lot of charities and CICs because, again, you're looking at um, decision making done by um, trustees, boards of trustees um, and, um, and employees and sometimes also volunteers and subcontractors and freelancers. So it gets more and more complex the more you have to consider um, each of the parts that individuals are playing in a workplace.
Hmm. And so at what point should a small business think about getting in an expert like you? Is it when they take on their first employee or should they be doing that before they do that? I would say planning is key. Um, I say that um, the foundation of good HR practice starts long before you have brought somebody on um, because you need to think about whatever you put in place for your first employee, you want to be able to grow. You don't want to reinvent the wheel every single time you're looking to bring somebody on. And that's where that solid foundation comes in. If you start planning it correctly, um, the first employee is literally just the first step. Um, you can then duplicate that um, as you grow. Whereas people who don't plan for their first employee think to themselves, well, I can sustain a salary, so I'll bring somebody on. And then they haven't factored in all the other costs mm -hmm. and all the other resources that are needed in order to support that person in order to help them thrive. So yeah. long before bringing somebody onto payroll. And are there sort of um, typical problems that people come to you with? What, what, what do you tend to see? Sickness absence is a very um, significant problem in the workplace right now. Um, I would say that uh, people are having more short-term sickness absences. So you get more of the one week um, mm -hmm. sickness absence and that happening frequently. And also long-term for stress in particular, workplace stress um, and um, mental health considerations. Mm -hmm. Anything to do with um, sickness absence needs to be dealt with um, clearly um, in a way that is supportive, that you're not um, making decisions that disadvantage people for things that they can't control, such as disabilities, um, and in a way that is fair and uniform across an organization. So if uh, you have a, a process that that you're applying to one employee, then that needs to apply fairly to others. Um, so sickness absence is, is a significant one. Um, discrimination. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a lot of discussion about discrimination and it's not just disability discrimination, which factors in the sickness absence, as I mentioned, um, but all the other different types of um, uh, discrimination, age, race, gender, um, mental health, physical health. We have to be very, very aware of people and what their needs are and how we can support them. And that awareness is, is really key to prevention. Having those conversations and finding out truly what is going on with somebody is, is very important. Um, in the absence of information, then people take decisions personally. And when mm. there's a lot of change in an organization and decisions happen and people don't necessarily understand the decision-making, that's when you um, start to have employees feel like it's a personal issue and it's something outside of their control. Mm. How do you like to work with your clients? Do you work remotely? Do you go into the business? 
again, it's very tailored to the business. A lot of my local businesses like for me to go on site. And so then I can see their operation. I can meet their employees. I can see how they work in the real world. And it's amazing what you see when you go into workplaces and you understand the environment, um, how helpful that is in understanding um, what's going on. Um, However, it's not it's not necessary. I started my business in COVID, mm-hmm. um, so I've got all the tools at, at my um, disposal. Um, I do a lot of remote business for my clients that um, are further away or are more time pressured. It really has to do with the needs of the business, and that's a way that I can be flexible and adapt. Um, flexibility for me is is key. I am a small business uh, person. I know how difficult it is to juggle everything. Um, and organizations that work flexibly with, with me um, are, are so important. Um, so I try and, and work in, along those lines um, with my clients. I have clients who are um, in the trades. And so you know, if a member of staff doesn't show up, they might be on the tools that day themselves. Um, and because the person hasn't shown up, they've got a problem, but they also need to do the work for the day. So if that's an evening phone call, then it's an evening phone call. So it really varies on what what my clients need in order to get them the help as quickly as possible. Yeah, juggling a lot of things. I think that's um, that that's true of all small business owners, isn't it? We're all we'll wear many hats, and oh. it it can be hard to kind of keep that focus and and energy going. So I've I've been using a product recently called Magic Mind, which is a supplement that helps with focus and energy. Um, a lot of people turn to caffeine to kind of pep them up and keep them going. Are you a coffee drinker, Ella? I am a coffee drinker, absolutely. <laughs> Although I stop drinking coffee in the afternoon so that I don't get too jittery. Yeah, interesting. So th- th- this product is something that can be used, but it can be used alongside caffeine, but can also you know, re- replace it. Um, and it's much kinder to the body because you don't get that crash afterwards. Um, and it contains all sorts of things like nootropics that help with focus and so on um, and, and helps you to keep energized all, all day, really, but doesn't inhibit sleep in the way that, that caffeine can. Like you mentioned, you stop drinking coffee in the afternoon. I assume that's so you can sleep well at night. <laughs> Absolutely. Sleep is essential. <laughs> yeah. So this, uh, I say, it's called Magic Mind. It's a little green shot of of liquid that you can drink with your breakfast i've been drinking it with my breakfast and um one of the active ingredients i'm probably going to pronounce this wrongly now is um bacopa monieri which uh boosts your working memory so that's got to be a good thing hasn't it anyway um if you're listening to this and that sounds of interest to you, then there is a special offer on at the moment till the end of January. If you use my special link, which I'm going to be putting in the show notes, uh, it's magicmind.com forward slash J-A-N-S-B-B-N. Um, and that will get you one month free if you subscribe for three months. Um, there's also another code, which is SBBN20, which will get you 20% off your order as well. Again, I'm going to pop that in the show notes so uh yeah if you want to stay energized uh without the the need for caffeine then check out magic mind um let's chat about networking now ella um which is how you and i met in the first place in those i think (laughs) right before lockdown as well exactly i was just going to say that i think that you and i were both at 
pretty much the last networking meeting that took place in northeast Lincolnshire on about the Wednesday, I think, before the lockdown happened. And uh, I remember there was a lot of ladies booked into that and they dropped out and they dropped out. And then the end, I think it was about eight of us there. It was. It was surreal. I remember how empty um, the, the restaurant yeah. was and how yeah. empty the streets were. Yeah, it was surreal. Yeah. It was a, a bit bizarre time, wasn't it? So why why do you do networking? What what do you get from it? Well, the first thing that I get is is connection. Um, I am a big big believer that um, we need connections um, in our lives. And when I left the workplace, I realized that I would have to form connections that now worked alongside with with my um, own, own business life. And you just don't realize how important it is sometimes to have a chat with somebody in the workplace or somebody who understands um, what your um, working life is like. Um, it, it can be quite lonely. Um, and when you start off, you don't know what you don't know. Yes. And, you know, I I knew what I was doing. I knew um, people in HR and and all of those things. But I didn't know IT and email accounts and marketing and social media. I didn't know any of those things. And it's through the connections, not only helping me find the answers to the things I didn't know, but also just being there and saying to me, yeah, this is hard. You're having a hard day because it's hard. Yeah. Um, and, and that connection is so important and something that um, I, I turn to regularly. Yeah. And so what kind of events do you, do you like to go to? Um, I like in-person events. Um, I'm not dissing online networking at all. It definitely has its its purpose, but I like in-person events. I like meeting people. Um, I like um, oh, I like a bit of food. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's really nice. I know we attend some um local ones where actually you get to attend venues that you normally wouldn't know mm. about. And yeah. that helps you raise awareness. And then you can start communicating to people when they say, oh, I'm looking for a venue for an event. Yeah. So it it feels like, I mean, obviously it it feels nice to be able to go and sample different catering and, and, and different venues, but it also feels like you can help promote local businesses as well and say, I know exactly um, who you can get for that event. Um, so I, I like different venues. Um, and I, I like less casual things. So I like to, um, sorry, not less casual. I like more casual yeah. <laughs> things so that you can just have a nice conversation, find out what's going on in the local area, find out what's going on with people in general. Yeah, I think that's um, that's that's a really great point, actually, about the venues and not something that I'd really thought about before. But you're right. I have been to some places that, that I wouldn't have been to had there not been an event there. Um, I went to a, a restaurant just before Christmas in Scunthorpe that I'd never been to before because there was an event there. And, um, you know, I was able to see what their normal menu was and think, oh, actually, I might come back here another day. So, yeah, that's a really good point. Absolutely. And because I'm out talking to business owners, I'm talking about their problems, what's what's going on with them. And oftentimes they'll say, oh, I've got a headache today. Something happened. Um, this fell through or that fell through or we haven't been able to sort this. And 
it's really nice to just be able to say, why don't you try this? Or I've heard this is really good, or I've tried this food and it's absolutely fantastic. So obviously it's not the core of what I do in my role, <laughs> but I, I think it's really important always for the local business community to keep on promoting each other and, um, and try and keep those resources as local as possible. Yeah. So do you have any any um, hints and tips you'd like to share about networking for people that are, are new to it? Everybody's scared. Everybody feels those nerves. Uh, I haven't spoken to a single person that has said that, that, that they haven't felt that way. Um, I think that just being honest about that and, and having a bit of a sense of humor about yourself, you know, if I'm always terrified that I'm going to trip through the door, I'm going to drop a coffee or I'm going to, you know, do some sort of a clangor and trust me, I do. Um, <laughs> but at that point I just laugh because I know everybody in that room is thinking, oh, thank goodness. It wasn't me that fell through the door. <laughs> um we're all all human and if we just accept that it's it's uncomfortable sometimes to go into new environments and we're just a little bit genuine about that I find that everybody's exactly the same yeah great advice so finally then Ella if listeners want to find out more about you or your business what is the best place for them to find you absolutely well it is humanity hr and my website is www.humanityhr.co.uk. And you can also find me on LinkedIn, which is Ella Stockdale. Lovely. Well, thank you very much for being my guest and uh, the best of luck for 2024. Thank you, Liz, and good luck to you too. Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too.